afternoon, America, and welcome to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for being on board today. Thank you for being a part of the discussion. And, you know, speaking of the discussion, Harvard just can't seem to get out of it. That Harvard, unfortunately for Harvard, they cannot seem to get out of the news. You know, they are, they have become the Oregon of higher education. I mean, there was a time uh, a few months back where Oregon was just making news after news after news, and none of it was good. All of it was bad. And and here we are. Here we are. Harvard has occupied that seat. Now, uh, you know, before I get into what's happening at the Harvard Divinity School or the Harvard Kennedy School, I I, I feel it incumbent upon me to remind you of who Harvard is. Uh, I, I guess I, I guess I should say it this way. I feel it incumbent upon me to remind you who Harvard was and what Harvard was started as. You know, Harvard is, uh, they are the oldest university in the country. Founded in uh, 16... 1636. Harvard's founded in 1636. All right. The, the, the pilgrims show up in 1620. And Harvard, the, the very next decade, we get Harvard. Um, yeah. And the reason, my friends, the reason we get Harvard the next decade is because the individuals who who settled in America from Europe wanted education. They understood the importance of education. All right, here it is. Um, John Harvard, uh, who came to America to be a clergyman in Charleston, Massachusetts. Okay, He's, he's a reverend. That's why he came here. He contributed his library and his property in 1636 for the founding of the first college in America, which was subsequently named in his honor. All right. So uh, originally it's called the college at Cambridge. It, It later becomes Harvard University. It is the country's first university. It's the country's oldest university. Um, according to the old South leaflets. Okay. This is, um, this is a verbatim quote discussing, you know, why? Why Harvard? All right, this is a deep dive into the why. After God had carried us safe to New England, and we had built our houses, provided necessaries for our livelihood, reared convenient places for God's worship, and settled the civil government, one of the next things we longed for and looked after was to advance learning and to perpetuate it to posterity. Dreading to leave an illiterate ministry to the churches when our present ministers shall lie in the dust. And as we were thinking and consulting how to effect this great work, it pleased God to stir up the heart of one Mr. Harvard, a godly gentleman and a lover of learning, there living amongst us to give the one half of his estate towards the erecting of a college and all of his library. 
and therefore we have Harvard. We have Harvard because the, the people in Massachusetts did not want an illiterate clergy. The people there wanted a literate clergy. They wanted people that could read, that could write, that were educated. Uh, so we have in 1636, uh, uh, you know, John Harvard, you know, donates his property, a portion of it anyway, donates all of his library, uh, and um, and and the college is named Harvard in his honor. Honor. It's the first college in America being established only 16 years after the landing of the Pilgrims. All right, so. This is the declared purpose of the college. All right. The declared purpose of the founding of Harvard was to train a literate clergy. The rules and precepts that were observed at Harvard stated the following. And this was uh, 1642, September 26. All right. So here we are, six years after the, the, the schools founded, uh, rules and precepts are written down. Number one, when any scholar is able to make or write and speak true Latin in verse and prose and decline perfectly the paradigms of nouns and verbs in the Greek tongue, he is capable of admission into the college. Okay, this, my friends, is 1642. And once you were able to, to write and speak true Latin in verse and prose and, uh, you know, perfectly diagram the nouns and verbs in the Greek tongue, then and only then were you capable of being admitted into the college. That This is what education used to be. And this was 1636. And today, uh, you know, and, and, and schools like mine in Waterbrook, you know, where we teach Latin to the kids, you know what we hear? The very, you know, one of the main complaints is, why are you teaching Latin? Nobody even speaks it anymore. You know, what's the point of Latin? I mean, it's, it's a dead language. Nobody reads it. Nobody speaks it. You know, forget the fact that it's the foundation one of the foundational languages of English. I mean, you know, forget that. Nobody speaks it. It's a dead language. Why do you waste your time teaching it? You know what? I think what we need to do. I think in a, I think I'm going to have my Latin teacher, the Latin teacher at Waterbrook. I'm going to invite her on the show. She doesn't know this yet. <laughs> this is uh, this is you know she she I, I haven't talked to her about this yet, but but she's coming on. Whether she likes it or not, you know, because we need to talk about it. We need to talk about the merits of Latin. Obviously, in 1636, they felt like it was important to the point that you weren't capable of being admitted into Harvard until you could, uh, you know, write and speak Latin in verse and prose and decline perfectly the paradigm or, or, or be able to diagram nouns and verbs in the Greek tongue. So not only Latin, but 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 Greek. You needed to know Latin 
and you needed to know Greek and you needed to know it proficiently and thoroughly before you could be admitted into Harvard. What are the uh, what are the requirements now to be admitted into Harvard? I mean, you know, outside of of your skin color. What are the requirements? I mean, because I promise you, Latin and Greek are not anywhere to be found. And I also promise you that's on purpose. Just like in 1642, this was on purpose. All right. Number two, let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well, the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John 17, 3. And therefore, to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning, and seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him, Proverbs 2 and 3. Uh, and this was something that every student was to be plainly instructed in. It, yeah, you know, that's not the case. I don't even know that that's the case at the uh, Harvard Divinity School anymore. Well, you know, once I get into this article today that, that you know, that describes what the Harvard Divinity School is up to, you're going to know that's, that's not the case anymore. That's not the case. Everyone, this is number three in their rules and precepts, everyone shall so exercise himself in reading the scriptures twice a day that he shall be ready to give such an account of his proficiency therein, both in theoretical observations of language and logic and in practical and spiritual truths, as his tutor shall require, according to his ability, seeing the entrance of the word giveth light it giveth understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130. Uh, everyone, every student. This was the responsibility of every student. Number four, that they eschewing all profanity of God's name, attributes, word, ordinances, and times of worship do study with good conscience carefully to retain God and the love of his truth in their minds, else let them know that notwithstanding their learning, God may give them up to strong delusions, and in the end to a reprobate mind. Second Thessalonians and Romans, those are the scripture references there. Number five, that they studiously redeem the time, observe the general hours, diligently attend the lectures without any disturbance by word or gesture that they they put themselves to study. Okay, you're, you're coming here to this university for a reason, and you must studiously apply yourself. Mm. Number six, none shall frequent the company and society of such men as lead an unfit and dissolute life, nor shall any without his tutors leave or without the call of parents or guardians get abroad to other towns. You're, you're coming to college and you can't leave and go to another town unless your tutor gives you permission and your parents give you permission. Oh, back in the day. Okay, number seven. 
Every scholar shall be present in his tutor's chamber at the seventh hour in the morning. Okay, that means get to class by the seventh hour. Don't be late. Immediately after the sound of the bell, at his opening, the scripture and prayer, so also at the fifth hour at night, and then give account of his own private reading. But if any shall absent himself from prayer or lecture, he shall be liable to admonition if he offend above once a week. Once a week, that's it. You can be tardy only once a week. You can be lax in your prayers and your scripture reading only once a week. Number eight, if any scholar shall be found to transgress any of the laws of God or the school, he may be admonished at the public monthly act. Uh, and these are the, um, you know, these are the rules and precepts. Uh, prior to the revolution, uh, in 10 of the 12 presidents of Harvard were ministers. And according to reliable calculations, over 50% of the 17th century Harvard graduates became ministers. It is also worthy of note that 106 of the first 108 schools in America were founded on the Christian faith. Uh, but specifically, Harvard College was founded in Christi Glorium uh, and later dedicated Christo et Ecclesia, uh, which means for Christ in the church. Christi Glorium, for the glory of Christ, Christo et Ecclesia, for Christ in the church. This, this was the purpose. The word veritas, still on the college seal, means divine truth. And the motto of Harvard was officially for Christ in the church. All right, we've talked about this. You know, we've we've taken some time to talk about the purpose of Harvard. And and you know, ultimately what you know the, the folks that came here from England, what they believed in in education, what they believed it should be, what they believed its purpose was, and therefore the founding of Harvard. Well, today. Today, I'm reading an article, and uh, it is out of the Harvard Divinity School, all right? But not just the Harvard Divinity School, the Harvard Divinity School's Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. Now, I promise you, I promise you, if, if John Harvard knew that the university had turned into what it is today, and if he knew that the divinity school at the university had an office entitled diversity, inclusion, and belonging, uh, he would be throwing a fit. Matter of fact, he might be throwing a fit knowing that that Harvard has a divinity school and, the, and that the university itself is no longer a divinity school. Now it's just a subset. And even that divinity school, uh, it, you know, you've got to question you have if if you're a a free thinking individual you've got to question the the educational uh merit of divinity happening there when they have an office entitled diversity inclusion and belonging all right so uh this this office is hosting a gathering to breathe and heal uh, this was last thursday they hosted an event to help students, are you ready for this, 
to help students grieve the resignation of former president Claudine Gay. Bum, bum, bum. Just let that, just, I just want you to let that sink in for a minute. The Harvard Divinity School, sponsored by their Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging, is hosting an event entitled Gathering to Breathe and Heal, because this is what students need. They, they need to be able to just come into a safe space and, and breathe and heal and mourn the loss of, of our vaunted President Claudine Gay. <laughs> I mean... Uh, th- th- this is what they're doing. They're grieving her her resignation. They don't realize, maybe they do, uh, but she's a disgraced president. Her um, her actions in the wake of of October seventh were disgraceful, and her inability, uh, or her, uh, I guess I shouldn't say inability, her her disregard for value her disregard for the property that the mental intellectual property of others you know because that's what plagiarism is it's it's intellectual thievery and and her her disregard for that is it is disgraceful not only hers uh you know but but the entire university leadership their disregard for the property of others and it's probably because they're they're communists. Oh, Dean, I can't believe you just called the Harvard leadership communists. Uh, well, they are. I, I, I don't know how you could call them anything else. And you know, and so you've got this this divinity school here offering this event to allow kids to gather, breathe, and heal, or to grieve the resignation of Claudine Gay. I mean, this this in and of itself is despicable. All right, but we're up against it. We will pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them, from improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high stress on the go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off.
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy to have you on board. America Out Loud is the rising voice in the new media. Uh, and it's it's where smart people go to get their news and information. It really is. So congratulations on being one of the smart ones and making it to the Dean's List, being a part of America Out Loud and the Out Loud family. All right, so I'm holding this article, and it is entitled uh, Harvard Divinity... Well, no, that's the first paragraph. The, the, the headline is Harvard Hosts Gathering to Breathe and Heal event to help students grieve Claudine Gay's ouster. Okay, that's the title. Uh, it's sponsored by the Harvard Divinity School's Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. All right, so here's what the office writes in their newsletter announcing the event. Quote, For this gathering, we will create a space for us to discuss and process the departure of our former president, Claudine Gay. Okay, that's what's happening at Harvard. Now, mind you, uh, in the first segment, I I told you uh, what the rules and precepts of of Harvard was. I I read it to you. Okay, this is from one of my favorite historians, William J. Federer. And it comes from his uh, his tome of a book entitled America's God and Country. All right. And so he lists here, Federer lists the rules and precepts from September 26, 1642. Now, right now, the, the Divinity School is hosting an event that will create a space for students to discuss and process the departure of their former president, Claudine Gay. But but back in the day, I just I I I want to repeat this to uh, uh, offer this distinction of the students now and the students in you know sixteen hundred and forty two. Because in order to be admitted into Harvard, uh, you had to be able to write and speak true Latin and verse and prose. And you had to be able to decline perfectly uh, the paradigms or or be able to diagram the nouns and verbs in the Greek tongue. And you had to be able to do this even before you were considered admittable into the university. And now we have today... Uh, the, the 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 divinity school hosting an event to give students a space of of safety where they can discuss and process the departure of of Claudine Gay who who was disgraced but yet uh you, you know they they don't have the, the the wherewithal to to think through this because we no longer uh, raise a generation of kids to be able to think and be able to understand that they, they don't they don't know or speak or write Latin. They certainly can't can't think through why why Claudine Gay would be removed from from her post when she's doing such an admirable job. B- because we we don't raise kids to, to to think in this way anymore. You know, last week we talked about 
Sonia Sotomayor in her statement that the originalists on the court were were attempting to create new ways to interpret the Constitution, and the kids applauded. Uh, you know, when 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 um, Sotomayor, you know, mentioned that she was traumatized by this. Uh, and 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 the, the the kids in that room, the thirteen hundred who are considered, by the way, the best and brightest this country has to offer, are applauding a statement that they don't have the ability to even think through, in terms of its oxymoronicness. Uh, you know, through its inaccuracy, they're just going to applaud it. And you know, now we have kids in Harvard that that need to process. We've got to sit and talk through the departure of Claudine Gay. How are we going to be able to continue uh, without Claudine Gay at the helm? What are we going to do? And and the the Harvard uh, Divinity School is you know they're in lockstep. They're 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 promoting this this safe space event. Uh, the event uh, is intended to, according to the article, the event was intended to give participants the opportunity to, quote, gather to breathe and to heal. Of course, Gay was forced to resign from her position last month amid allegations of plagiarism in various academic works uh, that came to light while she's already under immense pressure for her failure to address the, the rise of anti-Semitism on her campus. You know, which, you know, her and that board were all for. Uh, the newsletter stated that many students are feeling grief upon their arrival to campus. And here's the quote. This grief and loss may be connected to our personal lives. National and global unrest, harm and violence, storms and natural disasters or these increasing times of tension and divide on our campus and in our communities. For many of us, this grief and loss also includes the resignation of former President Claudine Gay after her short tenure. The shortest tenure, by the way, of any Harvard University president. The newsletter continues. This is not a space for debate. Rather, it is a container for holding emotions in community, knowing that the circle holds us all. What in the world has become of the Harvard Divinity School? Uh, I don't even understand any of this. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so there's there's grief in our personal lives. National global unrest, harm and violence, which is happening on your campus, by the way, and you're not doing a single thing about it. Why don't you start doing something about the harm and violence on your campus, and then maybe your grief would go down. Storms and natural disasters, climate change, we're doomed. Uh, these increasing times of tension and divide on our campus and in our communities. But, 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 for many of our students, it's because... We no longer have the vaunted leadership of Claudine Gay at the helm. What are we going to do? And so they're offering this safe space, not to debate, but rather as a container 
to hold all of us, to hold these emotions in, in, in community, knowing that the circle holds us all. We're all we're all in this circle of grief together. And we just need to talk through it and process it out. Well, Dean, you sound like you're making fun. Well, uh, you know, I guess I am. Uh, because we've got, you know, this is in this generation, we've got 18, 19, 20 year olds who need a, a, a safe space to talk through their, their grief and emotion after losing a president who um, shouldn't have been there in the first place, who, who left under a cloud of disgrace. And these kids are over here lamenting about it, you know, in generations before, you know, we had the same age group out on the beaches of Normandy fighting for the free world. Talk about fighting for safety. They were fighting for the safety of the free world. And today, you know, in, in Harvard, we don't, you know, we don't have that. Um, you know, we, the event is facilitated by the Associate Dean for Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging and the assistant dean for diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Why in the world does Harvard have two deans that uh, th their title is, you know, an associate and a, an assistant dean? So is there also a dean? I mean, if you have an associate dean and an assistant dean, is there also a dean dean for diversity, inclusion, and belonging? Okay, yeah. why do you need a dean for this department, why do you even need this department? You don't, you don't need it, but uh, it, you actually do need it in order to indoctrinate your students. You know, it's it's needed for you to continue to promulgate your your Marxist theories of anti-Americanism, anti-capitalism, and anti-Christianity. You know, at this university that is the country's oldest university and was founded was with the with the express purpose to educate ministers. and And now you 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 have this department, you have people in charge that hate the very ministry the university was founded to promote. It has been overrun and overtaken by progressive Marxist leftists. And at this point, the the only way to change things is for parents to, to refuse to send their children to that university. And it is such a shame that, that we have to speak of, 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 of Harvard in this way, where we have to encourage parents, if, if you want to uh, you know, have your children come out the way that they went in. You don't send them because they're not coming out the way that they went in. The only way they come out the way that they go in is if they go in extreme leftists, and then they're going to come out the way they they went in because their their version of the world, the lens that they look through, is just going to be uh, promoted further. It's going to be encouraged further. Otherwise, don't do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it. I can't. All right. I can't tell you what to do. You're going to do what you want to do. All I can do is suggest I wouldn't send my kids there. Any student 
that to graduate from Waterbrook Christian Academy and they come in and they say, Mr. Bone, I really want to go to Harvard. What do you think? Nope. 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 Don't do it. Matter of fact, I will get your parents on the phone right now and I will tell them why you don't want to do that. Uh, Go to Hillsdale College. Go to Regent University. You know, go to some of these other places that are going to give you an excellent education, do not go to Harvard. Do not go to Yale. Do not go to Princeton. Do not go to the Ivy Leagues. Don't do it. Because you will come out a different human being. The office uh, at Harvard Divinity School, Office of Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging, the office said it remained steadfast and its commitment to navigate current challenges on campus through a restorative justice approach rooted in 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 operationalized uh, just stop making up words just rooted and operationalized through love um, see uh restore i mean uh, I like making up words, I guess, but when it's just words that add to the gobbledygook, you know, when it's words that just promote this uh, this soft, uh, sissified way of living, um, you know, it's just, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage when in comparison to the fact that that kids needed to be able to to speak and write Latin and diagram, uh, you know, Greek sentence structure before they could even get into the university. Our education system has been overrun and destroyed, overrun and just annihilated. It is not my friends. It is not what it once was. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, all right. So in a couple of days, uh, I think Wednesday, I think on Wednesday's show, Alex Newman is going to be on Wednesday's show. Uh, it's a show you're not going to want to miss because we are going to dive in deep, uh, really into this into this very topic of how we got here, of what we used to be and what we are now and how it all happened. Uh, you know, Alex Newman is, um, he is a wealth of knowledge on the topic. And I've, I've got some questions I want to ask him based on an article that he wrote uh, a few months back. Uh, and this article came to, to my memory a, a couple of weeks ago when, uh, you know, I'm looking and seeing all this, this celebration on uh, uh, school choice week. National School Choice Week, and, I, and just in my mind, I'm thinking, just something about this doesn't doesn't feel right to me. It just, you know, the fact that we're celebrating the school choice, the, and maybe it's just in in my mind and heart, maybe it's just this thought of taking federal money to follow us, you know, to a to a different school, to a private school, a homeschool, something about it doesn't feel right. And it reminded me of this article that Alex Newman wrote that I had set aside, you know, several months ago. And I went back to the article 
and I'm and I'm going through it, and I'm thinking, holy cow! All right, we got to have it. We we have to have a talk about this. So, uh, Alex will be on Wednesday, uh, and and you know we're just going to dive into it. Uh, it's important for us to know where where we were, or what we had. You know, I it, to me to read through out of Federer's book, America's Guide and Country, to read through what what Harvard was founded as, I, I feel like it's important. I feel like it's important for us as a country to know the what the people were thinking when they decided to start to start Harvard University. What was their purpose behind it? And then to look and see where Harvard is now, we need to start asking ourselves, you know, what happened? How come it's not what it was founded as? That somewhere along the way, there was this fundamental change that took place at Harvard. This this complete restructuring of the philosophy at that university. And, And the question we have to ask ourselves is, who did it? Why did they do it? I mean, why is a is a is a huge question. And it's important for us to know who they were and why they did it. What was their point? What was their purpose? We know who started it. We know why they started it. They started it because they wanted to have uh, a ministry, ministers and the churches that knew how to read and write and 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 could could then encourage others to read and write. I mean, the, the the starting of that school was founded on pure education and educational purposes, and it's not that anymore. It's gone, and we need to know why. Who did it, and why did they do it? These are good questions. All right, we're up against the break. We will pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. George Washington once encouraged us to animate and encourage each other and show the whole world that a free man contending for liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. That's exactly what we do, as you'll see when you visit AmericaOutloud.news. Now is our time. My fellow Americans, America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. 
My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to the Deans. This time, Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay, so we're talking about what Harvard used to be and what they've become and and how come it's important to, uh, in my opinion, it's important that that we know our history and and it's also you know part of that is knowing the history of our historical institutions harvard being one of them our oldest university in the country why was it founded what was the purpose behind its being founded and and where is it now and how in the world did it get here who did this to harvard and why did they do it and right now we're talking about where harvard is we haven't got to the who did it and 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 why did they do it? Uh, you know, I've touched on it briefly in in past shows. Um, and one of these days, we just need to do it in my opinion, and so we're going to do it, you know, because I guess it's it's my show. I can do what I want. We're going to do a deep dive into how did Harvard get here? A deep dive into the why. That's what we're going to do. Who did it and why? So uh, in the last you know, two segments, we talked about the Harvard Divinity School and what they're doing and how they're offering this safe space for kids to process the departure of Claudine Gay. All right. So let's let's walk across campus to the Harvard Kennedy School. What's the Kennedy School? You ask, that's their school on government. I mean, that's all. I mean, nothing big. Right. Just government policy, that sort of thing. The Harvard Kennedy School, according to this article, is set to host a Palestinian professor who called the the Hamas massacre of of Israeli civilians as, quote, a normal struggle for freedom. No, it's normal. You know, if you want to be free, I guess you're just going to have to do this sort of thing. You're going to have to massacre women and children. I mean, right? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, so this this professor who's made these statements is coming to the Harvard Kennedy School uh, and said she would never, this professor said she would never forgive Israel's government for, quote, making us take their children and elderly as hostage. All right, Israeli government, it's your fault. You made us come in here and take your elderly and your children as hostage. It's your fault. Do you understand this way of thinking? Do, do any of you, uh, do, do you comprehend it? I mean, this is this is childish. This is what, this is child logic. All right. This is what children, this is the logic children use when they're fighting on the playground. All right. You made me do that. You you made me come and, and, and take that, that, that ball from you because you wouldn't let me play with it. So it's your fault. I had to come and take it. All right. Th- that is playground, elementary, immature child logic. 
And that's the logic this, this professor is using. Dalal Sieb Irikat. I don't know if I'm getting your name right. I might be destroying it. I apologize if I am. I, I don't like to you know destroy people's names, at least not on purpose. Uh, Irikat, a professor of diplomacy and conflict resolution at the Arab American University in Ramallah, is set to speak at the Harvard Kennedy School's Belfast Center as part of its Middle East Dialogue series on March 7th, 2024. So she's a professor of diplomacy and conflict resolution. And her logic is, uh, we're not going to forgive the Israeli government for making us take their children and elderly as hostage. Is that? I mean, do you know a lot about diplomacy and, and, and conflict resolution when that's your, your childhood playground logic? Uh, we all know what happened on October 7th. Um, terrorists, uh, while terrorists were still slaughtering Israeli civilians in the Gaza area, Irakat justified that attack. And this is what she posted to X. She said, the world tolerated watching 35,000 Palestinian youth seek refuge via territorial waters, putting their lives at risk, choosing to drawn in the sea over their miserable lives in a big prison called Gaza. I think she meant to say drowned, but she said drawn. Uh, in the sea over their miserable lives in a big prison called hashtag Gaza after 17 years Israeli siege. Today is just a normal human struggle for hashtag freedom. That's all it is. You know, October 7th is just a normal struggle for freedom. You know, that's it. Shortly after, she said Palestinians, quote, have the right to defend themselves, adding that she was shocked, that the world is shocked. A few hours later, she condemned those issuing statements in support of Israel as its people were under attack. And here was her next post on X. Statements of support to at Netanyahu, far-right Israeli governor, can only fuel more state-organized terror and more impunity to Israel's continued crimes, collective punishment against the Palestinian civilians. All right, so if the world's going to keep supporting Netanyahu, it's only going to create, you know, more terror. That's all. Um, you know, the next day she seemingly aligned herself with Hamas and blamed Israel for the attack. And here was what she posted. We will never forgive the Israeli right-wing extreme government for making us take their children and elderly as hostages. The Israeli public need to realize that their own government had caused all this bloodshed and they remain the ones responsible for this escalating and losses of civilian lives. All right, escalating. Okay. She's having a hard time with command of the English language. It's the Israeli government's fault. That's it. It's your fault. Yep, you're the ones to blame. You made us come in here and, and, and take that ball. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, th uh, this is the logic, right? I, I, I don't mean to to you know callously compare uh you know what happened on October 7th to a playground spat but i i want you to understand the logic of these people 
is the logic of children on a playground where they just de- they just come in and demand you know i want that ball i'm going to take it and you better give it to me and it's your fault if i have to come take it and push you over cuz you should have given it to me this is the logic here the article continues harvard university has been under mounting criticism for its response to the Hamas massacre, including a lawsuit filed by Jewish students that accused the school of enabling anti-Semitism and selectively enforcing its policies to avoid protecting Jewish students from harassment. The university parted ways with its former president, Claudine Gay, as she dealt with backlash over her public statements about combating anti-Semitism on campus. And of course, now the uh, School of Divinity is having a safe space event for all those students who are mourning the loss of Claudine Gay. All right, back to the article. The professor's radical pro-Hamas rhetoric has continued in the months since the attack, even promoting conspiracy theories that Israel was lying about what took place that day. On November 18, amid carrying out its weeks-long effort to identify bodies burned by Hamas terrorists, Irakat denied that they were Israelis. And here's her post. The burnt bodies were Hamas militants, she posted. She added that, quote, Israeli helicopter fire may have killed ravers citing an article that has widely been taken out of context and used to blame Israel for the Hamas massacre of the partygoers at the Nova Festival. The Israel police slammed the article, which claims an unnamed police source said an IDF helicopter apparently harmed a few partygoers who were in the area. And this was reported by the Times of Israel. On December 31st, however, uh, Professor, uh, what's her name? Eric, 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 uh, Eric Professor Ercott was not finished. She said the conflict isn't Israel versus Hamas. Quote, this is not an Israel-Hamas conflict. Israel is waging a series of war crimes against the Palestinians. This is not against Hamas. This is against the Palestinian right of self-determination. I urge everyone to refrain from the framing of Israel slash Hamas or Israel slash Gaza. This is Israel versus Palestine with two exclamation marks. Uh, you know, so you see the the the, the attempt here to create the narrative that this is an Israeli government versus just a a people. And it's not being, uh, you know, spawned by a terrorist organization, which Hamas is. All right, that's her claim here. Irakat also posted a cartoon of soldiers shooting on top of a wall displaying a Jewish star combined with a swastika. On November 21, Iricott chimed in on former Meta Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg's 
condemnation of Hamas rape of Israeli women. And here's what Eric Hott said. Yes, 100 against rape, against violence, as acts against humanity. You spoke of rape in 2023. Your voice went out for Israeli women. Are you aware that for decades, Palestinian women documented harassment and abuse cases by Israeli soldiers? Don't fall into propaganda in 2023. Truth and justice shall prevail. All right, so this is who this woman is. And uh, the Harvard uh, Kennedy School, you know, their school on on, on governmental policy uh, has invited her to speak at their Belfer Center as part of their Middle East Dialogue series. All right, so she's coming March 7th. Uh, and this is what the announcement, according to Harvard, said. Harvard Kennedy's school's intention behind the speaker series is to help their community members understand what is happening and to expose them to the best thinking on how peace may be achieved. Do, do you think this is the best thinking on how peace may be achieved? This is not the best thinking on how peace may be achieved. All right, if you want to expose your students, Harvard, to the best thinking on how on, on how peace can be achieved, you need to invite Donald Trump into this lecture series. And you need to let Trump and, and members of his administrative team talk about how they got the uh, Abraham Accords signed. All right, because that is your best chance at peace. The Abraham Accords. Right there, there was there was there was genuine peace being established in the Middle East. This is not peace. This isn't rhetoric of peace. I mean, this woman is promoting rhetoric of hate and destruction. But you're going to bring her in, uh, so your community members can understand what is happening and be exposed to the best thinking and how peace may be achieved. The, the, that makes no sense. Because you're not exposing them to that. You're exposing them to hatred. You're exposing them to a way of violence. But this is what the left does. The, the left has so commandeered the, the, the language and the narrative that everything that they say is the opposite for what they mean. The left operates in, in bizarro world. They, they they absolutely op operate in an upside down land. Uh, their their announcement continues at a time when much attention has been focused on our university and its perceived failures in fostering dialogue on difficult divisive issues. We have been working quietly to demonstrate that this is in fact a place for open inquiry, searching debate. An honest conversation can and do happen. That is that is the exact opposite of what's happening. There is not honest conversation that's going to happen there with this woman speaking. Uh, this isn't a place where inquiry and, and searching debate and honest conversation is going to happen. You're a bunch of liars. And you're, you're telling the public what you think the public wants to hear, even though you're doing the exact opposite. 
It said the speakers were chosen because, quote, they represent points of view that I believe anyone who cares about the region can ill afford to ignore. Other speakers slated for the series include Jared Kushner, a former senior advisor to President Donald Trump. Okay, good. All right. I mean, that's that, that's that's what you need to have in there. Because, you know, Kushner was a part of the Abraham Accords. He was on that team spearheading it. He needs to be a voice. Salam Fayyad, the former prime minister of the Palestinian Authority. Enot Wilf, former member of the Israeli Knesset, Matt Duss, a former policy advisor to Senator Bernie Sanders, who's been criticized for his anti-Semitic rhetoric. So you're not bringing in people who are interested in peace here. You're, being, you're bringing in people that are on uh, diametrically opposing sides of the argument. That's who you're bringing. And you're saying, we need to hear all these voices. You just want to create... Um, um, an argument. You want to create Royal Rumble here. But th that's all this is slated to be. If if you were truly interested, Harvard, if you were truly interested in exposing your community to the best thinking on how peace may be achieved, uh, you wouldn't have half of these speakers coming in. I mean, you have you have people like Kushner, yes, who are going to expose your audience to the best thinking on how peace can be achieved. But you have these other individuals who are going to come in and, and expose your audience to the best thinking on how hatred can be achieved. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. You want to create Royal Rumble. Number, you know, 57. I don't know. I, that's all the time we have for today, America. We're up against it. I, I just, I am so tired of Harvard. And I'm tired of the lies that continue to pour out of this university. And, you know, we, we, we take education back or we stop sending our kids to be indoctrinated in this filth. Ah, all right. I'm going to take a 24-hour break. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List, folks. We must unite to renovate the age. 